the curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, is being killed. You will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, is being killed. You will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. 
His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. Good evening, everyone. I want to welcome you to Victor Christian Fellowship, and I hope you're ready for times of refreshing that are going to come from God's presence. He is great, He is glorious, He is good, and His mercy endures forever. Father, we're so grateful and thankful for this opportunity that we have tonight to enter into Your presence, to hear Your Word, and to be led and guided by Your Holy Spirit. Lord, we give You all the glory and the highest praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Lost
people to rise for Jesus to rise hallelujah oh we praise you Lord we bless your holy name we are at rest in your presence glory to God thank you Lord Jesus You, sir, are welcome in this place to do what you want to do, how you want to do it. Oh, we give you glory and honor and praise. Thank you for being in our midst. And Lord, we thank you that you speak to us. Get ready. I'm moving swiftly and quickly in this earth. Those that have made their choice to listen to my voice, they'll be ahead. They'll get the news from heaven. I'll show them things to come. But get ready for a swift and mighty move of my hand. A move of my spirit. Where all will hear it. Get ready. Set yourself in line and in step with me, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Someone say, praise the Lord. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. They have the signature of God on them and in them. Well, we're glad that you're here on this Wednesday night. And if you're watching online, we just want to say welcome to you. Good to have you join in. This afternoon, I got a call from the country of Liberia. A minister saw us online and 
Um, who knows? The Lord's opened up doors to the world. From a place like Palmyra, you can touch the world. Amen? Hallelujah. This isn't the first time, but it's accelerating. Doors are opening. And we just thank you if you're a partner with our commission club. That just keeps us, if there's an opportunity to go for anyone uh, in this church, that's, that's what the commission club is for. And uh, that container there, hallelujah. Glory to God. Whoo, this is going to be a Wednesday. Amen. Just want to make you aware of some things that are happening this Sunday. We're having a special guest, Dr. Marilyn Neubauer, is going to be with us. Uh, she was healed of cancer and healed of malaria, and uh, she has a strong healing anointing. She's going to be coming to us from Oceanside, California. She'll be with us on Sunday morning, 10 a.m. This is a great opportunity to uh, bring someone. If you know someone, uh, she is an excellent uh, teacher, and uh, you'll be very blessed. So she'll be with us at 10 a.m. this Sunday, and uh, we have our men's conference coming up at the end of October, October 28th and 29th. It's, it's our Everyday Hero Men's Conference. If you know a man who's age 12 and up, then this is for them. And uh, we're going to have a great time. We've been doing this, I think, for seven or eight years, something like that. And uh, we, I, I've, I've, I've heard uh, some pastors, they're bringing their people from their church uh, going to be coming, so it's going to be probably our biggest one, and I'm excited about that. But uh, our theme is to level up, and uh, our guest for that weekend is going to be Reverend John George. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Willie George, but this is Willie George's brother, and uh, he's a minister out of Texas and a powerful evangelist, and he's going to be with us. Hallelujah. And uh, we're also invading our schools. Uh, We have our Bible Adventure Program that occurs on Thursday, and we minister to two elementary schools. And then uh, coming up this year, we're going to be breaking into the, not breaking in literally, but uh, going into the middle school. And uh, so uh, we're kicking the devil out of our schools in Palmyra. Amen? And uh, so uh, Miss Pastor Nadine's going to be heading up our our middle school outreach there, and uh, exciting things are happening. And we got that beautiful bus out there that was given to us, and uh, we intend to use it for the Lord and to fill it with people. And you may have uh, seen some signs coming up. Um, these are signs that were done by Miss Wanda. Miss Wanda, you can wa- wave your hand. And uh, she just wanted to use her artistic talent to spread the word of God. If you would like to, uh, one of these signs, you can see her, and maybe uh, you would uh, like her just to put a special scripture on one. Uh, you can talk to her, and uh, she can take care of that. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, right b- before we dismiss our kids, I just want to read a scripture to you uh, from Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. Proverbs eleven twenty-four and 25. It says, uh, one gives freely, yet gains more. That doesn't make sense in the world, but it makes kingdom sense. God's kingdom operates on seed time and harvest. You plant a seed, it takes time to grow, and you reap a harvest. 
But one who another withholds what is right only to become poor. You know, in God's kingdom, the more, the more you hold on, to, the more you lose. And uh, verse 25, it says, a generous soul will prosper. And he who refreshes others will be himself refreshed. Well, guess what? You're in an atmosphere of refreshing. Amen? So if you're here and you'd like to invest in the kingdom of God, you can do that anytime during the service. We have a container there and over there as you came in. There's envelopes there. You can uh, give your gifts, your tithes, your offerings, whatever. And if you're watching online, you can go through our website and do it that way. Amen? And uh, we're so excited and blessed to be able to minister to kids, the next generation. We're so thankful for our teachers and our volunteers and our our people who pick them up. Amen? And we're glad to have our kids here. So kids, we're going to dismiss you tonight. Have a great class. Glory to God. Woo. Mm. Look at your neighbor and say, it's going to be good tonight. Are you ready to go? We're going to continue on. We had some awesome praise and worship. And uh, we're going to get into the word. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Psalm 22. Psalm 22, and then we're going to look at a verse there. Hallelujah. And uh, tonight the Lord put it on my heart to talk about creating a godly atmosphere. You know, wherever we go, atmospheres can affect you either positive or negative. And uh, we have the greater one on the inside of us. So when you enter into a negative atmosphere, you actually have the power to change it. You have the power to set the temperature, not to just respond what's happening. Amen? Jesus was an atmosphere changer. I mean, he would walk into a synagogue, and if a demon was there, they'd freak out. Right? Ah! Have you come to torment us? He was an atmosphere changer. If he walked into an area that had sickness, he'd bring healing. If he walked into an area that was uh, full of death, he'd bring life. If he walked into a dark area, boy, he'd turn the light on. Amen? And uh, every place, whether big or small, has an atmosphere. And uh, an atmosphere can be experienced, but not always explained. And you know, you're in an atmosphere where you can catch things. And I remember them telling us at Bible school, some things are better caught than taught. You can't teach a person everything, but you put them in the right environment with the right atmosphere, with the right ingredients, they're going to catch something. Amen? Something's bound to, to stick to them. Something's to, bound to be deposited into them. Hallelujah. Atmospheres are important. They influence us. And uh, evil spirits can create an atmosphere that's evil. 
But the Holy Spirit can create an atmosphere that's holy. Amen? And uh, here's a thought. The atmosphere one submits to has the power to change and shape your life. The atmosphere that you submit to. You know, you could be in an atmosphere where bad things are happening, but you don't have to let those bad things come into you. And uh, an atmosphere can bind or loose. It can confuse or inspire. It can sadden or cheer. It can heal, lift, and build, and it can change opinions. Atmospheres matter. It can bring past experiences to the surface. It can, a, a positively, a positively charged atmosphere is influenced by light. How many know light creates an atmosphere? You know, you want to have a long talk, you turn the lights low, right? You create an atmosphere. We are atmosphere creators. And whether you realize it or not, you're creating an atmosphere wherever you are. You ever been with someone who's pouting? They create an atmosphere, right? You ever been with a complaining, whiny baby? They create an atmosphere. (laughs) Amen? If you're led to slap them, lay your hands on them suddenly. (laughs) All right, go to Psalm 22, verse 3. And I'm just going to follow the Holy Spirit. Amen? I'm prepared, but he's he's leading, guiding, and directing. Psalm 22, 3, it says, But you are holy, O you that inhabit the praises of Israel. You know, something happens when a believer praises. When you bring praise into an atmosphere, it stirs the heart of God. And God is attracted to praise. God is drawn to praise. And when we begin to praise him, he moves into that atmosphere. He moves into that place and he literally takes up a dwelling in our praise. What a way to create an atmosphere is through praise and worship and declaring the word. Amen. So God inhabits our praises. And you know, when God comes into a place, you know, the atmosphere is about to change, right? If you've been feeling depressed and you start to praise, your depression does not want to hang around. It can't hang around in an atmosphere of praise. Defeat can't hang around in an atmosphere of praise. In an atmosphere of praise, your enemies get confused. In an atmosphere of praise, you can just go and gather spoil. Mm-mm-mm. Hallelujah. So atmosphere... The climate in a place, the influence. I want you to go to Luke chapter 5 for a moment. Luke chapter 5, and we're going to see an atmosphere that was created. Glory to God. We're going to look at Luke 5 and verse 16. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness 
and prayed. What's he doing? His prayer is creating an atmosphere for where he's going to be. How many know that you can change things through prayer? You can accomplish things through prayer. How many know prayer is powerful? Prayer is a weapon. And praise is one of the highest forms of prayer. Okay? So here was Jesus. He withdrew himself to pray. If Jesus had to withdraw himself to pray, guess what? There's going to be times where you have to withdraw yourself. In other words, you need to get in a, in a distracted free zone where you can talk directly to the Father and you can clearly hear his voice. How many know that there's a lot of distractions in this life and in, in our digital age that we live in? Right? Verse 17, and it came to pass... On a certain day, as he was teaching, everybody say he was teaching, the word was being proclaimed. He was in a place and he was teaching, he was explaining, he was proclaiming, he is, what's he doing? He's creating an atmosphere. He was creating an atmosphere of faith. Amen? How does faith come? By hearing the word. So when you're hearing the word like you are tonight, faith is coming to you. Faith is being created. There's an atmosphere where we can receive from God. Amen? So Jesus, he is the word in the flesh, and he is teaching the word. All right? Jesus never had a bad sermon. He He was the best preacher ever. And there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by. Pharisees weren't always favorable to Jesus. So sometimes they had hard hearts, so the word's got to crack their hard heart, right? You know, the word's a hammer, Bible says. And the more you hit against a hard surface, eventually that surface is going to crack, right? So he is... He is breaking through the hardness. He is breaking through the religious mindsets. He is breaking through with the word. With, he's bringing light because the entrance of his word gives light. Right? The word is light. So he is, he is coming against darkness. He's coming against religion with the word. He's teaching. Okay? And they were sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee. It must have been a seminar or a conference. And and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. What was present? Power. Dunamis was present. Explosive, miracle, wonder-working power was present. How did that power get there? Well... There was a power container that brought it, Jesus. There was power words that were being spoken, the word of God. Power was there. It was in the atmosphere. It was, power was present. If you were to take a roll call, is present, power, are you here? Yes, I'm here. Everybody says power is here. It didn't just get there by accident. It got there by the word going forth. Because the word is power. I mean, when, when God said light be, was there some power there? Yeah, it totally transformed the atmosphere of the earth. 
And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. Everybody say, before him. You got to know where the source is. The source is God. The source is the Lord. Amen? And uh, when you create an atmosphere of faith and you create an atmosphere of power and healing is there, people want to get in. They were looking for a way to come in. They weren't coming alone, though. They were bringing a friend who needed the power, who needed the healing, who needed to be in a better atmosphere. I don't know what kind of atmosphere he came from, but it didn't produce healing in his life. He was he still had his uh, infirmity, whatever, you know, palsy, whatever it was. And so they bring him. They wanted to get before him. <laughs> there's something about that man. Ooh, there's something about Jesus. And uh, so they verse 19, when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, right? The crowd. So if you can imagine on a Wednesday night, let's just say, for example, every one of these seats were taken, right? And someone comes late because they thought we started at 7 and not 6.30. And they're looking in the back door. They're looking in the side door, right? And they're trying to get in because they know that there's something in that atmosphere, there, there is something that that atmosphere has been charged. That atmosphere has been filled. That, I mean, darkness is out of there. Religion is, is falling apart. Hallelujah. Resistance is futile. Amen. Why? Jesus, the word was teaching the word. You know, when, the, when, when you let the word teach the word, it's good. They got to get in that atmosphere. We got to get in. We got to find a way in. All right. So they went upon the housetop. (laughs) Don't know where they got that idea, but they said, we're going to find a way in. And uh, they. So they went through the uh, tiling and they lowered the man with his couch or his bed in the midst before Jesus. He is getting soaked in the atmosphere as he comes down. Right? The atmosphere that has been created by the word is penetra- is working on this man, working on his heart, working on his mind, working on his situation. Okay? He's be it's like if you were being it's like one of those deep sea divers. You know, they have to have the big pressurized metal helmet and they get lowered down, right? They're being lowered down into the ocean, into the depths so they can do their thing. He was being lowered down. Probably not this high. I don't know how high the ceiling was. The Bible doesn't say. All right. But they're going to lower him before Jesus. You know, you've got to get under the spout where the glory comes out. And uh, when... He, Jesus, saw their faith. Everybody say, faith can be seen. He said unto them, man, your sins are forgiven. So he's lowered into a positively charged atmosphere, and there's forgiveness. Amen? 
Free gifts of God are flowing. Salvation. Healing was already there. Power was already there. It was an atmosphere. Amen? And the scribes and the Pharisees, these are the religious-minded people. They began to reason. They began to think in their minds. They began to think these thoughts. Who is this which speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God? See, they didn't realize that Jesus was God. Right? And they missed the whole point. They're sitting in the atmosphere, and now they're reasoning things in their mind. And they're letting their mind interfere with the power that's present. What was the power there for? To, to heal who? To heal them. Everybody say them. Is that more than one? God fully intended to heal more than one. Okay? But how many know that just because you're in a powerful atmosphere, you still got to receive by faith? The Pharisees were just sitting there. They didn't do anything. The people on the roof, they were doing something. They were taking action. They were getting there. They were going to get before Jesus. So when Jesus perceived their thoughts, you know, when you're in a holy atmosphere, God knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're thinking anyway. He answered and said unto them, why do you reason in your hearts? <laughs> I'm sure that they, they might have had some looks at each other. like, <laughs> Whether is it is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say rise up and walk. You know what? Forgiveness and healing, they occur the same way. Same power, same atmosphere, same ingredients. They work the same way. All you need to do to receive them both is have, have a little faith. Amen? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power upon earth to forgive sins, he said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto you, he'd already prepped the atmosphere, now he's about ready to make a command. Arise, take up your couch or your bed, and go into your house. And immediately he rose up before them and took up what he, wherever he was laying on and departed to his own house, glorifying God. This man was dropped into an atmosphere that was full of faith, full of healing, full of power, full of the goodness of God, full of the love of God, full of forgiveness. And he got forgiven and he got healed he came in silent. He left praising God. Because he let the atmosphere get in him. See, you could be in the atmosphere, but the atmosphere has got to get in you. You know, uh, when a fireman rescues a person from a burning building, they go into a building that's on fire, and some of them can suffer smoke inhalation. Right? In other words... They go into a smoke-filled environment, and the smoke gets in them, and it negatively affects them. Some people sit in a church, and they're sitting in an atmosphere where God wants to do something, but it doesn't get in them. They got their breathing mask on. Right? Let him in. 
Let the atmosphere get in you. Get excited about the atmosphere. Get excited about what God wants to do. Get excited about the word of God. Get excited about Jesus. Let that atmosphere get in you. Hallelujah. Verse 26, and they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. Amen. Yeah, I mean, the Pharisees never healed a flock. They never healed anybody. Of course, you saw strange things today. You were in the right atmosphere. You were in the right place. Amen. You were in an atmosphere that God set up, that God designed. And darkness was driven away. Fear was silent. Fear fear couldn't even stay in the place. You've got to be fearless to drop a paralyzed man from a roof. Amen? And the paralyzed man, he probably could talk. He's like, guys, what are you doing? You know, the Bible doesn't say what he said, but. I mean, put yourself in that situation. You can't walk. And you're being dropped down by four guys on a rope in front of Jesus. And you had to make a hole in the roof. I mean, nobody said anything about the hole in the roof. Jesus just kept on preaching. Dust, you know, sawdust falling down. He's just like, he just like, he says, people are more important than the hole in the roof. Besides, he was a carpenter. He could fix it if he wanted to. Amen. So the atmosphere, there was a healer in that house. There was healing in that house. Healing was present for them. Amen? You've got to be able to discern between different atmospheres. The atmosphere within our environment affects the quality of your life. You've got to ask yourself, is God honored here? If you're in an atmosphere, ask yourself, is God honored here? If he's not, then maybe you don't want to stick around. Or maybe you need to ask the Holy Spirit, what do I need to do while I'm here? If, if he doesn't tell you anything, then I wouldn't stick around if God's not honored there. Can love, joy, and peace flourish here? I'm helping you discern an atmosphere. What can God do here? What can God do here? All things are possible. To who? Them that believe. Who is free to operate here, the Holy Spirit or evil spirits? How many know that Jesus went to an area called the Gadarenes? And there was a man who was living in a tomb. He, was hang- he lived in the cemetery. He lived in a tomb with dead people. Of course, they're not there anymore, but... He was cutting himself and breaking chains and running around naked in a cemetery. He probably didn't own a comb. He probably didn't smell good. This atmosphere was created for evil. I got to show you this. Go to Mark 4. Mark 4. Let's go there. Hallelujah. I'm sorry, Mark 5, Mark 5. 
And they came up, verse 1, Mark 5, 1, and they came over to the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. That unclean spirit was dominating that territory. That was an evil atmosphere. Okay? And uh, who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains. So he had strength. The, whole, the, the evil spirit that was influencing him gave him strength to some degree. Because he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man uh, tame him. So he was wild. Okay? And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus, he worshipped him. And we know the story. Jesus cast, he said, uh, who's in there? He said, we are legion. He cast out the legion. Where did he cast them? Into the pigs. Did they celebrate Jesus? They said, leave this area. Jesus was there for just one person. But the, the overall place was evil. It was an evil atmosphere. That's why this, this demonic person could run around like he was. But Jesus came and changed the atmosphere. He, he, got, he got in there, rescued that person, and then he, he, he delivered him, put him in his right mind, put clothes on. You know, Jesus had enough forethought to bring clothes on the ship. Think about that. They had, they had extra clothes to give him. Amen? But do you see how he changed the atmosphere? That demoniac, the first thing he saw, he went and worshipped him. Amen? Devils couldn't stop him from worshiping, worshiping him. Hallelujah. You got to ask yourself, when you're in an atmosphere, can change happen here? Or is this the same old, same old? So, atmospheres, hallelujah. When we give praise to, go to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're creating an atmosphere here tonight. If you came in with any sickness, infirmity, or weakness, the atmosphere is going to change it. Because this atmosphere is full of the word, full of the power of God, full of the Holy Ghost. Amen? And we got invisible heavenly hosts that we can't see, but we know they're there. Matthew 21 and verse 13. Actually, verse 12. Matthew twenty-one, twelve, And Jesus went into the temple of God. Do you think he cares about the atmosphere of the temple? Absolutely. And he cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew tables and of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. What's he doing? They were misusing the temple. It had become commercialized. It had become unholy. And it was not being used for the purpose for which it was designed. And Jesus had to go in and change the atmosphere. There was greed in the atmosphere. There was deception in the atmosphere. There was selfishness in the atmosphere. 
Things, people weren't focusing on God. They were buying sheep and doves, and they were just going through motions. They had a form of godliness, but they had no power. That's religion at its best. Verse 13, and he said unto them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it, you have made it a den of thieves. They weren't praying, they were stealing. They weren't worshiping, they were gossiping. They were doing something that was God's in an unholy use or unholy manner. But God is concerned about his house. He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. So what do you got to do? You got to get the thieves out. And sometimes when you go into an atmosphere, it's not pretty. Sometimes you got to upend some things. Sometimes you got to confront some things. Sometimes you got to call out some things. Sometimes you got to be aggressive in changing an atmosphere. Why? Because your enemy will be just as aggressive defending a negative atmosphere. You've got to go into an atmosphere and you've got to know who you are in Christ. Jesus knew who he was and he, know, he knew what he was supposed to do and he went in and did it. Why? Because the temple was a holy place. The temple was a place of worship, a place of prayer, a place of communicating with God. And so many times... If you let the wrong things into your atmosphere, you'll lose your purpose. And then look at verse 14. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. But notice he didn't heal them until after he cleared it out. Why? Because the atmosphere that was there was not conducive for healing. But once you clear the atmosphere, you can do what God wants to do. And the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did. And the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna, son of David, they were sore displeased. Look at that. They can't even rejoice when people are getting healed. They're getting, they're getting their religious mind ticked off. That's how evil they were. You can't even rejoice when God does something good. Man, thank God for clearing the temple. So how do we create an atmosphere? Go to Psalm 100. I'm glad you asked that question. So I'm going to give you an answer. Psalm 100. You can create an, do you realize you got a mouth? How many, how many here have a mouth? You can use it to create an atmosphere. Amen? You can speak, you can praise, you can worship. Psalm 100, verse 1. What's he doing? Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. I'm creating an atmosphere. Hallelujah! Glory to God! Woo! Glory! I'm making a joyful noise. Sometimes to create an atmosphere, you've got to make some noise. Jesus did not say to the money changers, would you please excuse me? When you've got to change an atmosphere, sometimes you've got to be unpolite. 
you've got to not be politically correct. Come on. Listen, there's some atmospheres that need to change. And you've got to be the one to change them. Don't complain about it. Change it. Don't grumble about it. Change it. You've got the power. You've got the greater one. He's greater than the world. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. I'm creating an atmosphere. I want God's presence to be greater in this atmosphere than what was in this atmosphere. I'm going to raise my voice. I'm going to make a joyful noise. I'm going to sing. Verse 3. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. You got to know who's God. Amen. He is he that made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Thanksgiving creates an atmosphere. And unto his courts with praise. Praise creates an atmosphere. That's what he inhabits. That's what he dwells in. Our praise creates a throne where he comes and sits on. Think about that. When God inhabits our praises, our praises create a throne and he comes and sits on that throne. Hallelujah. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. When you bless him, you're creating an atmosphere. Verse 5, for the Lord is good. Say, say the Lord is good. So he, 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 you're not, when you think about the Lord, you're not going to be complaining. He's good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. God comes to us. He comes in our midst to do his will and fulfill his plan. Where two or three are gathered, where is he? I'm in the midst. He comes in our midst to honor his word. He comes in our midst to build his church. I will be, he said, I will build my church. And he's interested, he's a bodybuilder. He's interested in building his body. You know, Jesus doesn't want no weak body. He wants a strong body that can break the jaw of the enemy. He wants a strong body that can stand up tall and not compromise. He comes in our midst to help as needed. I'm a very present help in trouble. You, if you find yourself in trouble, you got a very present help to get you out. He comes in our midst to manifest his glory. Mm. He comes in our midst to correct and instruct, to lead, guide, and feed. You hungry? Need to know what to do next? He comes in our midst to strengthen us. And he comes in our midst simply because he loves us and he wants to spend time with us. You know, God doesn't need a reason to come in. He just loves you. He loves fellowship. He loves uh, hearing your voice. He loves talking with you. He loves you. He loves spending time with you. That's the God we serve. He's a very personal God. And so he comes in our midst. Amen? And, you know, when our praise is as one, hallelujah, something happens with unity. Oh, glory to God. Let me read Psalm 133. Psalm 133. 
Look at your neighbor and say, get on the same page. Psalm 133, verse 1, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head. It's like the anointing. Woo, it's like the oil on the head that ran down upon the beard, on Aaron's beard, that went down his skirts of his garment, as the dew of Hermon, as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. Life forevermore. You want to get, you want to change an atmosphere? Get united with God. If two or more on earth touch anything that they agree upon, it shall be done for them. Right? God was concerned about the atmosphere in the garden. He created an atmosphere where all man had to do was focus on God. Focus on his relationship with God. He gave man a couple of assignments. Tend the garden, right? Don't eat of this tree. You can have any other tree, but there were parameters, right? God was concerned about the atmosphere in the garden. He created the garden with nothing harmful to man. It was perfect. Good temperature, good environment, good circumstances. Amen? It was perfect until man messed it up. He did what God said not to do. And he, 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 he created a different atmosphere. God was concerned about the atmosphere of the tabernacle. There were certain people who could carry things, certain people who could touch things. The tabernacle had boundaries. It had protocol. You couldn't violate those things. You couldn't just, you couldn't just, I'm going to say it this way, willy-nilly touch the ark. If anyone touched the ark that wasn't authorized, they got zapped. And that wasn't, wasn't a good zap. They dropped dead zapped. Okay? So God was concerned about the atmosphere of the temple. He made his presence dwell there. You know, any place that God hangs out in, he's concerned about the atmosphere. You know, God's concerned about the atmosphere in your home. Because he wants his peace to be able to abide in your home. He's concerned about the atmosphere of your home. So what kind of atmosphere are you creating at home? What kind of words are you saying? What kind of actions are you doing? And then you're creating an atmosphere. What kind of atmosphere are you having at home? All right? God's concerned about the atmosphere of his church. Ministers have to behave a certain way. He gave protocol. He wants things done in his church decently and in order. God's concerned about the atmosphere of his church. Amen? He's concerned about the atmosphere of your heart. He wants you to have a pure heart, a holy heart, a good heart. He's concerned about the atmosphere of your heart. If you've got a bad heart, you're going to produce bad fruit. A bad tree produces bad fruit. You've got to change the heart in order to change the tree, in order to change the fruit. Amen? But he's concerned about the atmosphere of your heart. He's concerned about what the thoughts, the things that you dwell on, the things that you think on. If he wasn't concerned, why did he tell us to say, think on these things and don't think on these things? Why did he tell us what to think on if he wasn't concerned about it? Amen? Why? Because you're creating an atmosphere about your life. Do you see yourself as defeated? You're creating an atmosphere of defeat. You've got to see yourself strong, victorious. Amen? 
Hallelujah. Go to 2 Chronicles chapter 5. 2 Chronicles chapter 5. Glory to God. Mm. Look at verse 11. 2 Chronicles 5.11. Solomon had finished building the, uh, the temple. And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place. Where were they? In the holy place. What do you think happens in the holy place? Holy things. They came out of an atmosphere that was holy. You know what? When you come out of an atmosphere that's holy, guess what? You're, you're a carrier of holiness. You're a carrier of God. For all the priests that were present were sanctified. And they did, did not then wait by course. Verse 12, also the Levites, which were the singers, Asaph, Heman, Jejuthun, with their sons and their brethren, being arrayed in white linen. You got your robe of righteousness on? You got your garment of praise on? Who's got your garment of praise on? Hallelujah. Hopefully, you wear it all the time. That's a, this is a symbol of what we have spiritually. Okay? And they had cymbals, psalteries, harps. They stood at the east end of the altar with them 120 priests. You know, that's the same number that was in the day of Pentecost. 120. Ten twelves. It came to pass. What are they doing? They're creating an atmosphere. They got their, they came out of the holy place. They've been sanctified. They got their white linen on. They got their royal robes on. They're, they got their symbols and their instruments. They're creating an atmosphere. And it, say it came to pass. Let me tell you something. When you create an atmosphere of God, God will not leave that atmosphere unattended. He will come in. He will. That's who He is. That's what He does. It came to pass as the trumpeters and the singers, I'm not going to sing, were as one, unity, to make one sound, to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. When they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music, Any church that doesn't think that instruments aren't holy are stupid. Sorry if that offends you, but that's true. The Bible is full of instruments right here. For he is good. God is good. They're declaring the goodness of God. They're magnifying God for his mercy endures forever. Then, then, everybody say then. The house was filled with the glory of God, the Shekinah glory. They created an atmosphere. God came in and sat amongst their praise. He inhabited. He goes, guys, you are singing good. Instruments, you are playing good. Keep on going. He he said, I'm enjoying this. He entered into that presence. He entered into that atmosphere. And it was filled with a cloud. Smoke-filled room. Even the house of the Lord. Who's his house today? We're the house. 
And when we start to praise God, God takes up residence in his house. Amen. His presence comes into the house so that the priest could not stand to minister. That means they were standing but couldn't stand anymore. Boop, boop, 120. Boop, 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 boop. All fell down. Why? There was a greater presence in the atmosphere. And when power comes in, you don't know how you're going to react. They could not stand. They fell down. By reason of the cloud. For the glory, the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. But the glory didn't fill it until their praise filled it. Until they started giving thanks and praise to God and they sounded as one. That's when God filled the atmosphere. That's when the atmosphere got changed. Amen? You want to change an atmosphere? Turn your heart to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go to John 14. I'm almost done. Oh, my goodness, Lord. Hallelujah. He's moving on our behalf. He is ready to go. Hallelujah. That garment of praise you got on, you're you're about to put it to use. John 14, verse 20. John 14, verse 20. At that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. You see that exchange there? Hallelujah. He that has my commandments. How many have his commandments? You got his word. But then here's the thing. It's not just to have them. And he says, and keeps them. You can't just have them. You got to keep them in them as doing them. Right? He who has my commandments and keeps them. He it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved by my father and I will love him and we will manifest ourselves to him. When you have God's word and you keep God's word, you love him and he loves you and he comes and he manifests. Yes, God is ever present, but he's not manifested everywhere. But when he manifests himself to the ones who believe in him, who have his word and keep his word, he manifests himself right there to where you are. He, he makes his presence known. He, he imparts his strength. He brings his glory. He brings his power. He manifests himself to you. That's what creating the atmosphere does. It causes God to manifest himself he wants to he desires to but there's things that we got to do to work with him and to cooperate with him we got to create the atmosphere it's our atmosphere to create who did he give dominion on this earth to man and man lost it but jesus regained it if you know jesus you got the dominion you had in the beginning It's time that you exercise it. Do not welcome the enemy in any part of your life. Kick him out of your body. Kick him out of your mind. Kick him out of your house. I remember Pastor Hagen one time. He was, I think it was Denise that was dealing with a fever. And he kept, he would get up and pray for her and she'd be okay. 
And then a couple hours later, she'd be crying. She'd had this fever again. He'd get up and pray for her. And she'd be okay. Finally, he got just, he, 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 he got riled up. And he said, devil, he said, we're, we're a tithing family. We believe you. He said, I'm kicking you out of this house. He literally kicked the devil downstairs. He opened the door. He kicked the devil out and he kicked him across the street. Literally, he was literally kicking the devil. And, and from that moment on, that fever was completely gone of his daughter. Amen? Listen, the enemy will try to mess with your atmosphere, but you don't let him. Hallelujah. We create a, power, a positive atmosphere, a biblically-based atmosphere, a Holy Spirit-empowered atmosphere, amen, a joyful atmosphere, a victorious atmosphere. You realize the atmosphere that's in this church is discernibly different than a lot of places. I'm not cutting that down. I'm not diminishing what they're doing. But we have an atmosphere here that's discernibly different than a lot of places. Why? Because we create an atmosphere. We appreciate the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We appreciate the power of God. Amen. We value the word. We value the Holy Spirit. Can't do anything without them. I'm going to leave you with this. Here are 12 atmospheres that we want to continue to develop. Number one, we want an atmosphere here of open heavens. Heaven has an open invitation at VCF. There are no spiritual hindrances allowed and breakthrough occurs. And once breakthrough occurs, then you occupy your breakthrough. Come on, how many people need to occupy your breakthrough? You need to own your breakthrough. It's yours. Let's use it. Let's kill the Goliath. I mean, David didn't toy with him. He killed, he took his head off. He, he, he won the war of words. He, he, you know, David had to change the atmosphere of the battlefield with his words. Do you realize the enemy had the whole entire army of Israel bound for 40 days? Couldn't do anything. Their, their atmosphere was bondage. Their atmosphere was fear. And it took a shepherd boy to create a different atmosphere. He wasn't just a shepherd. He was a shepherd who was anointed king. He had the anointing of God on him. And how, you have the anointing of God in you, amen? We want to create an atmosphere of unified expectancy. This is not business as usual at this church. If you're looking for business as usual, this is not the right place for you. We do unusual business. Amen? The Holy Spirit can, I mean, he, he interrupted Peter's sermon and got people filled with the Holy Ghost. He knows what he's doing. Right? He can interrupt me at any time. This is, we want to create an atmosphere here of supernatural surprises. No common or ordinary God. We have an atmosphere here where we can, we can all receive. Everybody say, all receive. No limitations are allowed or placed on anyone. We have an atmosphere where people are important. You're important to us. No person is undervalued. We have an atmosphere where victorious living is possible. Hallelujah. There's no defeatist spirit here. God can deliver anyone at any time. We have an atmosphere here where we're reaching our city. We got to work on that. We got a city to reach. 
Amen. No, no hold the fort philosophy. We're not just going to, we're not going to hold the fort. We got to get out there. This is an atmosphere of financial blessing. Amen. We don't excuse or apologize for prosperity. God is good and he desires to bless and provide for his people. This is an atmosphere of communion where God's voice is heard. This is an atmosphere of faith. No pessimism. If you want to be pessimistic, not here. Hallelujah. God leads, guides, and directs. This is an atmosphere of vision. Amen? We, we got we to help people find their inheritance and, and their purpose. And this is an atmosphere of worship where we tap into the river of God. Now, you, got, you guys got your garment of praise on? It's time to, it's time to activate that. We're going to create an atmosphere. Amen? We're going to create I want you to stand up. And just for the next couple minutes, next few moments, I want you to praise God like no one is around you. And you are just in God's throne room. And it's like you got to be like a little kid in a candy shop. I want you to start praising God right now. <laughs>